What's up, everyone? Welcome to the new episode of One Stop Sports. Got a, you had a pretty decent packed weekend this past weekend. USA wins a thriller over Venezuela to advance to the World Baseball Classic semifinals. Plenty of upsets going on still in the NCAA tournament uh, in round of, 30, uh, round of 32. Leon Edwards defends his belt at UFC 286. F1's back in racing in Saudi Arabia. And Xfinity's Kenny Powers makes a legendary move to cap off his race uh, over the weekend in Atlanta. We're going to start with the World Baseball Classic. That's the biggest event really going on outside of the um, NCAA tournament at this point. We're going to save the tournament to the end because we still got games going on, three, four games still going on at this point. So we'll start with the World Baseball Classic. Uh, the USA won over the weekend a, a really good game against Venezuela, back and forth, high offensive game uh, with two just star-studded teams. Venezuela came into the uh, game four with a record of 4 nothing in pool play. So they were really playing well. U.S. had a little bit of a shaky start to the pool play, but seemed to come come into their own towards the end of pool play. The big thing for the U.S. during this game was Trey Turner. He's been playing lights out during this whole tournament. Uh, he, he had a grand slam in the eighth inning to put the U.S. ahead 9-7. to seven. To pretty that, that put him up for good. The, uh, Venezuela didn't have anything else to do after that. It was you know eighth inning already, nine seven. The game is essentially over. Uh, you never know though. It was a really good game back and forth. But after the Edwin Diaz uh, incident the other uh, last week, we had got hurt celebrating for Puerto Rico. A lot of people were complaining about players. You know, it doesn't. It's a meaningless thing. Why are they playing? Why are they worry like potentially getting hurt? And it was nice to see Trey Turner after the game. You know, they had asked him, you know, what what was this like hitting this home run like in comparison to some of the other big games he's played? He's played in World Series games, big time games, hit big time home runs in the World Series. So he's not a stranger to big time moments. And he 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 said that this stadium was louder or just as loud as any World Series game he played in. That home run he hit was if not bigger than any home run he's ever hit or bigger than any moment in a World Series game. So the guys that are playing in these games love it. You can see the passion. You can see the emotion. And poor Mike Trout, one of the best baseball players in the league, you can see how excited he was getting. He was screaming his head off, just going ape shit. Cause it, that was the first time he ever played in a meaningful game. You know, the Angels suck. The, the Angels don't play meaningful playoff games. So for him to finally experience that, maybe for his sake, that's a good thing. Maybe he'll get off that godforsaken team and head somewhere where you can actually see him in the playoffs. But, you know, the USA has been kind of rounding into shape. Right now they're up huge, huge uh, on Cuba, 7-1 in the fifth inning. So, again, Trey Turner hit another home run in this game. Paul Goldschmidt hit a home run. Arenado's been playing well. You know, it's just an all-around when it looks like it's going to be a win for the U.S., we're not saying anything yet. Too definitive. It's still only the fifth inning, but the seven-one lead is—you'd is, have to think that's pretty good. Uh, they're going to be playing whoever wins this game today between Cuba and the U.S. is going to be playing the winner of the Mexico-Japan game tomorrow on Monday. Uh, my bets were going to be originally Japan's going to be in there um, from the international from that uh, those pools. And then the U.S. is going to probably end up beating Cuba. It's probably going to, in my opinion, Japan, U.S., 
and that's going to be an absolute hell of a game if that is end up what it is being. Uh, there was uh, another player, unfortunately, did get hurt during the World Baseball Classic. Jose Altuve got hit by a pitch um, right from a U.S. Oh, when they were playing the U.S. team. No, just, it's unfortunate for the Astros. You know, it is what it is. The broken thumb shouldn't take too long to heal. And to be quite honest with you, missing the first couple of weeks of regular season, you know, you know, you don't want to miss really any games, but it could be worse. It could be worse. It's only a broken thumb. It's not the biggest injury in the world. So you'd have to think he'd be back sooner rather than later. But yeah, that's pretty much it. The World Baseball Classic's starting to wind down for obvious reasons. Uh, regular season starting here in about a week and a half, two weeks. Well, really about a week and a half, not even, for um, for regular season baseball. So, yeah, that's going to be wrapping up on Tuesday. We'll touch on that on when, for Wednesday's show because that will be uh, – We'll have the finale done probably by the time it's recorded Tuesday night, but we'll, we'll know who's at least playing in the game and have some predictions on that. So that kind of wraps up for the World Baseball Classic. We'll head over to talk about the UFC for a little bit. Um, obviously, big card this weekend with the trilogy fight. Most The card wasn't super stacked all the way through. It wasn't like a, that John Jones card a few weeks back, but it was a good card. Nonetheless, you had Justin Gaethje coming back. Uh, you know, has, he hasn't really been himself over the past I would say year or two you know he's been obviously top flight fighter but it's kind of not really getting done on the top end but Leon Edwards did defend his title against Usman uh to win that trilogy two fights one uh for Edwards got it with the majority decision he had a point deducted during the fight for a blatant cage grab Herb Dean had to take a point from him you know sometimes you'll see them give warnings for it and then sometimes, initially, I mean, he was getting warnings throughout the whole fight for, like, groin strikes and glove grabbing. So he was exhausted on warnings regardless. But even if he didn't have any warnings previously or what, but the cage grab, sometimes they'll give you a, a warning. Sometimes they just straight up get, take a point with, with no warning, depending on how blatant and how uh, how effective the cage grab was. So, so, so say you're getting taken down barely and it's like you just kind of grab it real quick. They might just give you a warning. But if you're in the process of being taken down and you grab it and that's what keeps you up and it gains you position, then they're just going to take a point. I mean, that's fair because a takedown, you know, is essentially a point for the other guy. You know, it's not exact math, but, you know, a point is usually a uh, – a takedown is usually pretty substantial in the judges' opinion, so I would, you know, not a bad equivalent. Dana White already said that uh, after this fight, it's going to be Colby Covington's going to fight Leon Edwards for the belt next, which I don't really mind. A lot, a lot of people are bent out of shape that Colby hasn't, Colby hasn't fought in a little while, and he gets a title shot, blah blah blah. I mean, he had some of the greatest fights against Usman for that title. And they went back and forth. So to act like it's such just like some scrub that didn't earn it, it's crazy. People are saying Gilbert Burns, the winner of the Gilbert Burns, Blal Muhammad fight. You get it? I mean, I don't disagree completely. Like, you know, but nobody, I, those guys aren't big pay per view draws. I mean, if we're being honest, that's why Dana's like, I'm not, I don't even give a shit who wins that fight. Blal Muhammad is. Not a very exciting fighter. I mean, if we're if we're being honest, I mean I don't mind watching him fight just because I enjoy watching mixed martial arts in general. But 
not the most exciting guy in the world. And you got Gilbert Burns, who's great at jiu-jitsu. You know, doesn't move the needle a whole hell of a lot for most people. Not Again, not the most exciting fighter. And Leon Edwards is not really the most exciting fighter, fighter either. He, he's good guy. You know, he's a great fighter, obviously. Just not really the most exciting. Colby's always fun to watch because he just puts on that pace. Whether you like the wrestling or not, it, you know, it's just constant, constant pressure. So you'll never really see Colby just stand there and just try and like outpoint somebody while like running away that's just not his style it's pressure 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 so obviously the UFC is going to want a guy that's going to have a more exciting fight he had great fights against Usman huge draws so to act like it's just undeserved is I think a little irrational I saw people online ask saying Jose uh Jorge Masvidal should get a fucking title shot the guy hasn't won a fight in years so I mean there should be zero zero thought of him even being remotely close to fighting for a title. He's got to win, you'd think, at least three fights against top five guys to even get back in that conversation. I mean, especially if people are bitching about Gilbert Burns and Muhammad not getting a title shot. Those guys are easily above Masvidal. I don't, I don't think that's a really a real conversation, to be honest with you. So we'll see what happens. I think Colby will, personally, in my opinion, I think Colby will beat Leon Edwards. That's just me. Uh, at this stage of Usman's career, he's definitely lost a step. He's a little bit older. His knees are notorious. I mean, it's very common knowledge. His knees are shot. He doesn't do any actual running. It's a lot of pool work, um, resistance bands. There's no real act of running and stuff that he does anymore. So obviously his knees are in such bad condition. There's a picture of him at weigh-ins. And you look at his knee, and it, it looks like it's like deflated. He's a big jack dude, and his knee, his one knee in particular, is it, just like completely deflated looking. So you, I don't know how much he's really got left in the tank. And he was still giving Leon Edwards some problems. You know, a majority decision. Yeah, he lost a point, so he probably would have thought unanimous maybe at that point. But it's here nor there. And even that fight where he did knock him out with the head kick. Usman was winning that fight. I mean, I think that's pretty unanimous. Everybody kind of agrees upon that. Like, that it was just kind of, you know, they were talking basically at, like, Leon's funeral or the last round of that fight, and then he head kicked them. So I, I, I think at this point, in, in career-wise, I think Colby's a bit in a better place than Usman is, if that makes sense, to fight Leon Edwards. I think he's a bit younger still. In more of that prime of his career, not as many in, like devastating injuries, especially to his knees. So I think that's a little bit more of an interesting fight, and I think it's gonna be a bit harder for Edwards and the Usman fights, where those weren't exactly easy fights either. So I think that should be an interesting one. I think that he was, I think Dana White was saying sometime maybe July, potentially International Fight Week with the Stipe John Jones fight. That would be that they always do like at least two title fights for those cards if not mistaken and so that those are always ridiculous cards Justin Gaethje came back uh, had a really good fight unfortunately I had to work late to like 8 o'clock on Saturday so I missed a lot of this stuff I was trying to get it rewatch as many clips as possible as many of the NCAA games as possible whatever I can find clips on or recap videos or anything I could find no, for any of this stuff, I was piecing it together. 
So excuse me if I miss anything, if I happen to omit something big or any it most of the stuff that you generally talk about I physically watch. Like right now I'm flipping between World Baseball Classic and two three NCAA games. Earlier it was between the NASCAR race and the basketball games and then earlier is F one with the basketball games. So I'm constantly switching back and forth between all the the events. I, generally, what I'm talking about is things that I physically have watched. So, if, if I'm missing some of these things this week, forgive me. Typically, I'm usually pretty on it, I would think. So, Justin Gaethje fought against Rafael Fiziev. If I'm even pronouncing that right, I have no idea. Um, won by a majority decision also. Just a bloody brawl. From what I saw after the fight, uh, Rafael's face was just beat to shit. Just blood all over the place. Just super swollen. Even when he was in the hospital, he had posted a video of him all cleaned up. And he still looked pretty battered. I mean, I saw a couple of clips of uh, Gagey getting rocked. Stumbling a little bit. It looked like well, it was a very good fight. Like I had said on uh, uh, Friday, Saturday show, that fight's going to be awesome. Those two guys are just going to stand there fight the hell out of each other and made the best man win people were surprised to see Fazeev fight so well I really wasn't he was coming in there I believe it was 12 to 1 if I'm not mistaken um so no slouch I think it was eight wins by knockout if I remember correctly from Friday's show so you know not not a slouch by any stretch of the imagination not the most popular household name maybe that that's why compared to Justin Gaethje type but great fight by all accounts so, you know, next UFC fights, I believe, in two weeks. Nothing crazy. Uh, it's actually this weekend. My, my apologies. It's Corey Sandhagen versus Marlon Gito Vera. Going to be the headliner for this coming weekend. So it's, it's a fight night. You know, usually these fights aren't usually super stacked. You got Marlon Vera, Corey Sandhagen, Holly Holmes back. Mm, yeah, nothing. Nothing that will blow your socks off. Macy Barber's fighting again. You know, nothing... Trevin Giles is on the undercard. You know, a, a serviceable fight, especially if being for free, or I guess if you pay for ESPN Plus, whatever the hell ESPN Plus costs nowadays. I know what used to be 5 bucks, now it's probably like 15 if I had a guess. Yeah, so unfortunately, it's going to kind of wrap it up for UFC. Kind of a, a block card. It's one of those, you know, it's just a lot of London guys fighting, a lot of Europeans, because it was in London. So typically on those cards, you'll see a lot more catering to like the local the local audience. Not necessarily the greatest fights in the world, but you know they had some good ones. Just nothing again. Well, really blow your socks off. Marvin Vittori came back in a pretty good fight, unanimous decision victory. You know that that was kind of expected as well. I had said that on Saturday show. Marvin Vittori is going to come back and probably look pretty good. So yeah, other than that, that's that's gonna wrap up the UFC MMA talk. Let's go over the NBA. Not a lot going on. No real big stories. Uh, John Morant finished serving his eight-game suspension from the NBA for the incident with the gun on the live stream at the club. So that's wrapped up over the weekend. So expect to see him back playing definitely this coming week. So that's pretty much you know that's like the big big news. The Lakers are also out of the playoffs as of now. They blew a game against the Mavericks with uh, Luka and Kyrie playing pretty well. They they weren't even the guys that took the last shot, but they ended up losing at the buzzer to a, to a Mavs team that now has kicked the Lakers out of the playoffs for the time being. There's like a dozen games left 
you know, so season's definitely not over yet, but for a team that was in the playoffs as of last week to now have been knocked out of the playoffs, especially LeBron James still out from, with injury, you know, that's not an ideal situation if you're the Lakers. So we'll see over the next week, really, a week and a half, if they can kind of right the ship a little bit better and see if they can squeak out some wins, maybe gain a game and get back in the playoff in, in the actual play-in game. So they're really fighting for a play-in game spot. But regardless, that's still better than the, on the outside looking in. You get into the playoff game, uh, the play-in game, you win it. You know, you, who the hell knows what happens. Teams get hot all the time. Maybe LeBron comes back. You know, they get on a little bit of a run, maybe see themselves making uh, a little bit of noise. But I, I don't really see them going too deep. They haven't really played well all season. They didn't really look good last year either. So I, I wouldn't expect them to exactly go make a deep run just because LeBron comes back. You still think probably a first, second round exit. At, at second round exit would probably be best case scenario, but we'll see what happens if they even find themselves into the playoffs because that's looking less and less likely as the games go on. Another team in the West that has also seemed to have a pretty good fall from grace is the Warriors. They've lost 10 straight road games, which thinking back a couple of years ago, when these are teams went in 70-plus games a season, uh, winning championships, it, you know, full-blown dynasty. You wouldn't think with a lot of the same players they're losing 10 straight road games. But somehow they still found still find themselves holding on to the seventh seed out west, um, but not by much, right? So, like we were saying last week, the west is, is a very, very tight conference from top to bottom pretty much, mainly after around that four seed, around the Phoenix spot. You get, it's, it gets real tight. So they're only a game and a half, you know, they have the seventh seed now, and they're only a game and a half out uh, from being out of the playoffs entirely, you know, being back there with the Lakers. So they, they need, they cannot afford to be losing any more road games, especially at this point in the season. They definitely have some more road games left. You're probably thinking at least four or five road games left at minimum. So that's something that they cannot afford to keep doing is, is losing road games. It's hard enough to win at home, but you cannot lose every road game you know you gotta at least squeak out a couple here and there especially if you're looking to go into the playoffs how are you gonna do that how, how are you gonna you're not gonna only play games at home you don't get a home stand in the playoffs oh speaking of of upsets Creighton just knocked off Baylor six seed Creighton knocks off three seed Baylor 85-76 yeah I mean that's that's pretty surprising don't really expect that one Baylor is a perennial uh, championship contender. They won the tournament a few years ago, if I'm not mistaken, if, I'm, if I remember correctly. So, that's yeah, that's not great for them. Oh yeah, right now second half just started in, in the fairly Dickinson Florida Atlantic game. 33-32. Florida Atlantic's down one at the line. 18 minutes left, so plenty of time. Just figured give you guys uh, where I'm at right, and just kind of thinking out loud. So yeah, it's pretty much the Warriors just need to kind of right the ship. It, it's a bit of a shit show out there. So it, again, about a dozen games left in the season. So plenty of things can still happen. As each few days, each show that goes by, we'll give a small update. There won't be a lot of movement show to show probably, but we'll you know we'll see what happens. Like I said, we'll update when when everything kind of settles out. But like the Lakers get knocked out of the playoffs, we'll, we'll just touch on that just to kind of. Give frame of reference where we run the season. So one of my favorite things to watch is gonna is F one. 
Uh, I don't know how many of you guys are fans of with that, but it's very exciting to watch. We had a pretty good race today. A pretty interesting weekend with some some penalties, things like that. So Sergio Perez from Red Bull took the win in Jeddah. He had pole position to begin with, so he, he lost the lead for the first couple laps and took it back and kind of sell into the distance. Max Verstappen got second place at the start in 15th due to a um, drive shaft issue during qualifying. He was probably going to get a, end up getting pole position most likely. Ended up having a drive shaft if issue in Q2 and uh, ended up starting 15th just because that's the last place that you can uh, get if you go to Q2. So he started 15 and ended up being second place. Had a little bit of a drive shaft if uh, drive shaft issue in the last 15, 20 laps or so, mainly 15. So he was making a charge for the lead, but with that issue, he kind of started babying it. He was 15 seconds ahead of third place, so he kind of just accepted second place and just kind of scooted in there. Fernando Alonso got his third podium, uh, got third place for his hundredth podium in his career. Sixth driver to ever do that, so that's obviously extremely, extremely impressive as a career feat. So there's an issue with Fernando Alonso getting the the podium at first. He had a a penalty on the starting grid. It was improper starting grid position. He was a little bit off to the side of the grid, you know, not necessarily in the lines 100%. So they gave him a five second penalty to serve on his first pit stop. First pit stop happens. They lined up the jack with the car. They didn't lift the car or anything. They just lined them up, served the five seconds, and then, you know, did their pit stop and then went on. Um, then, like, after the race, there was some, some rumblings from the Mercedes team, like, late in the race with, like, five, ten laps left, saying about how Alonzo might have a penalty. So the broadcast was like, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> like, he already served the penalty. So then the, they were t- the stewards were talking about how he was going to get maybe – because the jack was touching the car, uh, they didn't serve the penalty properly. It's not like a, like NASCARs like that, so they're kind of like confused. So they ended up giving him a ten second penalty, five seconds for the initial penalty, and then five seconds for not serving the penalty properly. So a ten second penalty to knock him out of third place. George Russell from Mercedes was going to get third place. Aston um, Martin uh, appealed it. Went to the FIA, showed him some evidence of seven other incidents that happened where guy was serving a penalty. They lined up the jack just like they did, and they didn't get a penalty for it. So they said, all right, fair enough. There's precedent for this. Our bad. Rescinded the penalty, and then he ended up going back on the podium. So just, of course, it's always a shit show with them. Not only did they not announce the issue until after the race, after Alonzo was on the podium, Spraying the champagne, had, you know, had the interviews, the whole nine. Then after all that, they announced the 10-second penalty. So they had all, that was, this incident happened, I think he pitted on lap 12 or 10 with the first uh, safety flag. So for them to not mention it from then all the way till after the race, when he could have, you know, most likely could have extended that lead over George Russell because he was just kind of, at that point, he was so far behind second place and he was five seconds ahead of George Russell. So he was just kind of, you know, just doing laps, just kind of just babying the car and conserving the tires. You know, he wouldn't have been surprised if he could get another five seconds on him. It would have been an issue to begin with. So it was was just, you know, always just some fuckery with the FIA. Just, I I don't know why they do it like that. They, They couldn't just tell the dude before. 
But the Mercedes looked better than they were expecting. Russell ended up placing fourth. Hamilton placed fifth. But they were just still way too far off. Alonso ended up 20 seconds behind first place with the Red Bull. And Russell was 25 seconds. And Hamilton was over 31 seconds behind. So, over a 50-lap race, you're talking probably 0.7, about 0.75 seconds behind a lap. I mean, that's insane. That's with Red Bull being so far out ahead. So, you're thinking Red Bull over 50 laps could probably pull a second a lap off over the Mercedes and a little bit less over the Aston Martins. But that that is just so absurdly that gap is just insane. For, for uh, Ferrari, who were expecting to challenge Red Bull before the season started, just looked terrible. Yet, just the cars look slow, very draggy. Just they don't, they can't turn the tires on. They, they're just not very. They haven't looked very good in the in the first two uh, races so far. Leclerc had a ten place grid penalty for changing a power unit, which. Is crazy that they're having this many issues already. So, the, in order to have a grid penalty for a power unit, you need to have already went through two of them. So, this is their third power unit, and it's only the second race. So, to already be having that type of reliability issue does not bode well for Ferrari, who, that was the name of the game last year, was um, reliability issues. And Carlos Sainz just did not look good, period. He was just slow. Both Alpines found their way in the points. McLarens look slow as shit. They're basically the worst cars on the grid at this point. They got out dragged by a, a back end, a back of the field team, and they got out dragged on a drag strip basically by them, like a like a mile long straightaway. Th this low back end car just blew past them. It was kind of embarrassing. So again, Red Bull one two second race in a row. That doesn't look like it's going to change for anytime soon yeah, so that kind of wraps it up for that we got this week coming up is going to be off for f1 so not really too much to talk about especially if we don't have too many f1s fans listening uh, and the nascar race was also a pretty interesting one this sunday it was very very boring it got a little interesting at the end should rephrase that it was a really boring race it got a couple crashes towards the end and it kind of redeemed it ever so slightly but there was definitely better games on for watching basketball. So I, I ended up watching a little bit. Mostly, I was doing like a little picture-in-picture -picture action. It's hard to kind of see some of the stuff when it's picture-in-picture, -picture, but whatever. Got to get another TV for the living room. That's kind of, that's a, that's on me. But Joey Logano won the race. He dominated the race all day. That You know, he led over 100 races. The Fords were far and away the best manufacturer cars out there today. And in qualifying. You see, uh, Joey Logano won pole, so he won from pole. Wasn't super crazy anything going on. He was leading for a long, long time. Ended up falling to the back a little bit, getting out of cycle. And then made a pass on Brad Keselowski on the last lap. And just kind of took the lead, and that was, that was pretty much it. Kevin Harvick was on the front row. This is one of the only crashes, the really only interesting parts of the race. Kevin Harvick was on the front row. And uh, he was coming around a uh, one of the corners, getting a little a little bit loose. Nothing nothing crazy, but Ross Chastain was really up on his bumper. About you're talking like two inches off his bumper. Didn't end up hitting him or anything, but just I think the arrow and the airflow around the bumper at those speeds, 185 miles an hour, 
just just was enough to disrupt the back end of Kevin Harvick's car a little bit more. He ended up getting turned around, collected about a half dozen cars behind him. So that was the first caution. You know, again, nothing crazy, but it happens up front in a speedway like Atlanta, a super speedway like that. When the front cars wreck, it just turns into a shit show because they're all stacked up real close with each other, rotting in lines. So when the lead car crashes, they end up taking out quite a few behind them, which happened later, 20 laps after this one. It wasn't much longer. Eric Amarola was uh, had, was about 70 laps on these tires, which probably was way too long. He stayed out on the caution when with the Harvick uh, caution. He didn't end up coming in to get tires on the pit stop to cycle himself up to the front because he was um, not he was all the way in the back, so he had to do something. But he ended up blowing a tire when he was leading the race and took out uh, ended up taking out Carl Larson and Daniel Suarez. Carl Larson was his teammate running second, took him out. Larson had no chance. He was right on his bumper and just spun out, clipped him, but it was just too much. He didn't have a chance at all. Like I said, Joe Logano passed Keselowski late. He got a push from Christopher Bell on the last lap, passed him. So that was at this first win of the season, he, he was a defending cup champion. So that's going to more than likely guarantee his spot in the playoffs this year. So next weekend, NASCAR is heading out to the Circuit of the Americas, or CODA, for the road course in Texas. He got a couple F1 drivers participating. Talked about that a couple weeks ago, so... Jensen Button and Kimi Raikkonen will both be racing in that one. So hopefully the road courses sometimes are a little bit more exciting, a little bit more action in terms of crashes and stuff. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. The racing hasn't been super entertaining so far this season. So hopefully be a little bit better racing as the season progresses. So, um, oh, I mentioned in the beginning in the intro kind of just when we we're going over what what's on the menu for today so to speak the uh kenny powers from xfinity so xfinity driver josh williams uh, aka kenny powers he got um so got into like a little bit of a wreck had some damage on the back end of his car um in, in stock car racing like nascar and xfinity they allow you to repair the car with like tape especially like more or less duct tape that's a simplified term but more or less the issue was it was very cold in Atlanta this weekend, so the tape wasn't really sticking. So he came into the pits, got his car fixed up, or so they thought, sent him back out. Some debris started falling off the car, wasn't secure as per NASCAR, and they um, ended up telling him, all right, park it. Essentially, like, you're done for the day, you're disqualified. Which, you know, obviously, it seems really harsh, because they tried. It wasn't like... Guy was being arrogant or a dick or anything like that, or they just half-assed it. It was just one of those things where the tape wasn't sticking because it was so damn cold. It's not usually an issue, so you know it wasn't like they didn't do a good job. It's just one of those things. So they made him park the car, and obviously he's he's pissed because it's bullshit. It, it seems a little heavy-handed. So instead of going back to his pit or going back to the hall or to the garage, he decides to park his car right on the start finish line at Atlanta right on the speedway he parks his car there he gets out takes his fucking helmet off shakes out his mullet and he starts just walking through the infield not a care in the world throwing up the peace sign to the crowd straight Kenny Powers eastbound and down just right out of the TV show walks right off the infield right to the pit box and they ask him like 
like what the hell's going on? And you know, he said you know, they did all this, blah 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 blah. And it, and they asked him like what what are you expecting consequence wise? He said, what are they gonna do? Find me? I can't afford it anyway. And then he just walked off. So absolute fucking legendary move. This dude is now my favorite racer. If you have a chance to look up on Twitter or something, look up Josh Williams Xfinity, it's definitely going to pop up. Just the imaging of him with the mullet jumping out of the car. every It, it was absolutely awesome. Denny Hamlin already offered to pay his fine. It, it, it is just, you know, that's old school NASCAR. You don't get guys like that too often. I think that's why everybody loves it. Especially, I was like Ross Chastain last season at Martinsville. You just running the wall wide open to pass a couple dudes to advance to the final four of the playoffs. It's just wild outlaw type shit. Considering NASCAR started from bootleggers running alcohol, that's how NASCAR stock car racing started. So it's nice to get back to those wild boy roots every once in a while, especially when you got a guy with a full blown mullet. Okay, again, that's gonna wrap it up for NASCAR. They got some. Like I said, we race next week in Coda. So should be hopefully a little more interesting. So we're going to wrap it up here with the NCAA tournament in the round of 32. So the Sweet 16 is going to be set by the end of the day on uh, Sunday as a recording. Uh, probably won't get the last couple games in. Just i got to be up way too damn early to go to work. So that's why, it, unfortunately, it's a little bit quicker of an episode. We had, we had didn't have a whole hell of a lot in terms of sports going on. Um, not a wide variety of sports. Just kind of the few select sports going on baseball hasn't really started yet nhl and nba kind of in status quo right now nothing really was going on in the nhl this weekend so i wasn't going to waste a whole heck of a lot of time uh, talking about that no real movement in the standings or anything like that so so we'll finish up with the NCAA tournament this is the big thing outside of the world baseball classic that's happening right now depending on what you're actually watching these are the two major major things so, upsets galore. That's why everybody loves watching the tournament to begin with. You don't watch it to watch favorites win. Unless it's your actual team. So, on Saturday, 8th seed Arkansas knocked off number 1 seed and defending champ Kansas 72-71. Huge win for the Razorbacks knocking off Kansas. I was a little bit cold on Kansas when they lost to Texas. They got the doors blown off them by Texas in their conference championship game. So I wasn't really sold on them being a one seed. So they, they kind of got what I had thought coming to them. You know, they weren't a bad team by any stretch, but I, I didn't think that they were going to win the title. I did not have them winning the title in my bracket. So they ended up losing 72-71. It was a hell of a game. And Razorbacks head coach Eric Musselman went tarps off for the celebration on the court. Took his shirt off, swinging it around his head like a rally, uh, rally towel. Just... <laughs> it just absolutely wild video if you get a chance to look at that one too just a older white skinny dude just winning a big game taking his shirt off and just swinging around with the fans giving the people what they want so yeah that's you don't see that one every day number 15 princeton continued their magical run when they talk about cinderella team this is what they're talking about right so that low low seed making just crazy runs deep into the tournament. They knocked off number two seed Arizona to get themselves to the point of 32. And then they ended up beating seven seed Missouri 78-63. So they handled them pretty good. 
know, watching that game, they were in control, pretty 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 good for that for the entire game. It wasn't like they got a fluky like bucket at the end or a bullshit foul call. They handled them pretty good. So good to see those underdog teams. It makes it fun to watch. It's like right now we got Fairleigh Dickinson playing against Florida Atlantic. It, it is a, an absolute battle. Uh, 51-50 going back and forth. Lead changes almost every possession, 10 minutes left. So that's another Cinderella-type team that I'm excited. I, I want them to win just for the storyline, just to watch. It, it's awesome when you see some of these random schools that nobody's ever heard of just blow up in popularity just because they win a couple good games. Like Florida Gulf Coast a few years back in the tournament, you know, similar situation. So, yeah, that's Princeton won their game. Four seed Tennessee beat five seed Duke, which I'm happy about. I don't like Duke. So, anytime Duke loses, that's always great to see. Um, they beat them pr- pretty handily also, 65-52 to advance to the Sweet 16. Um, so, yeah, Duke, everybody was talking Duke up, thinking that they were going to make a Final Four appearance. You know, they came out of the ACC. The ACC was not exactly a very good conference, as you, we can tell by UNC's miserable season, number one preseason ranked to not even making the tournament, and then stubbing the NIT tournament because they're too good for the NIT, but not good enough for the NCAA tournament, I guess. That's neither here nor there. But good to see Duke lose. Tennessee, you know, we'll, we'll see what they can do moving forward. Alabama, UCLA, Texas, and Houston all took care of business as they were expected to as the other ones and two seeds left um, outside of Kansas who didn't handle business. On Sunday, three-seed K-State beat five-seed Kentucky to not Coach Cal out again. Coach Cal and Kentucky has not been the Kentucky that we're used to, well, that we think we see. Now, they've only won one championship in the past two decades, so not exactly as dominant as one would have thought, um, just based on the uh, the NBA talent that they've put out over the years. They've had a ton of just superstar NBA players. They all do the one-and-done stuff for the most part. So I think that doesn't help breed uh, championship teams. If, you know, if I'm being honest, I think teams that are together at least two seasons build that chemistry with each other. You're not necessarily building over a year. And I tend to think that the guys that are knowing that they're going to be one-and-dones are more me-me players instead of team players. Not saying that they don't play for the team, but I think when push comes to shove, they're more worried about making that bucket instead of deferring to a teammate for maybe a better shot or, you know, things like that. I think it's just not great when you need to uh, have a full team uh, game when you're in a tournament like this, when you have to win four or five games to even make it to the end. It's got to be, you can't just have one guy really just drag you through, unless you're like Kemba Walker for UConn or something. Doesn't happen too often. That's why we still talk about it to this day. So, yeah, they all handle business. Three seed. Yeah, Coach Gal once again, just not getting it done. I mean, they were the lower seed, so again, K State just handling business. But you would think Kentucky would be higher than a five seed to begin with. Three seed Xavier behind former coach, uh, Arizona head coach Sean Miller. Um, did what they needed to do again against Pitt. 11 seed Pitt. So that's why I said do what they need to do. Three seed should beat an 11 seed. They beat him pretty good. That's what you would expect if you're the higher seed. Uh, the one that you don't expect is two seed Marquette 
getting beat by 7C Michigan State. I mean, I guess, you know, if you watched the games, you would you would expect it. Uh, Marquette should not have been two seed, if we're being honest. Uh, they were not that good. They didn't even play that well in the tournament. And then on the other hand, you got Michigan State. Tom Izzo's calling Mr. March for a reason. He, you know, that's what they do. They are always in the tournament. I think it's like 20-something straight years of him being in the tournament. So, again, Michigan State beats them. So, he's always got that team ready to play when March comes. Uh, Four-seed UConn beat. Uh, Five-seed St. Mary's pretty damn good, too. So, again, handling business. UConn is... Most people have them in the final four. I guess out of the people that have them um, still left. Uh, six seed Creighton is up on three seed Baylor right now. Let me confirm that's still accurate. I had written this down a little bit ago. Let me switch the channel. So yeah, FDU and nine seed Florida Atlantic are still pretty close. There's no real change there. And then tonight we got five seed Miami playing four seed Indiana. And then we got 6-seed TCU playing 3-seed Gonzaga. So we got those games going on. World Baseball Classic. We got USA still playing. That game should wrap it up. Yeah, that's 9-2 to two right now. Yeah, 9-2 in the bottom, uh, bottom of the sixth. Holy shit. I mean, still plenty of time left. That's, oh, that's a lot of runs, though. So seven runs. So good luck, Cuba, on that. Yeah, Cuba's two runs, nine hits. USA's nine runs, ten hits. So, just doing more with the runners that we got on base. They're, they're obviously stranding runners on base. Not how you're going to beat a, a pretty solid USA lineup. So, yeah, Paul Goldschmidt, responsible for the last two runs. So, yeah, no, no real surprise there. Our, our players are very good team. Mike Trout, 0 for 4 so far. I mean... We had, obviously don't need him today, but surprising. Hell of a ball player, though. Yeah, I mean, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. You know, it's going to be a little bit... Sh- the episode's going to change length depending on kind of what sports are going on. It's not necessarily going to be a set, you know, hour-long show. It was a little bit light on sports this weekend. You know, we definitely had some sports, just no real big news, no NFL news really to talk about. You know, that's obviously a bulk of stuff that goes on. MLB is still waiting for the World Baseball Classic and spring training and so you know really not a ton going on once the NHL and NBA playoffs start you know that's a lot of storylines there that we'll be talking about so right now I'm just trying to think of some little uh little things that I could do little segments maybe just trying to workshop some things just trying to fine tune how I want to do the show I don't know if I want to do like this constant news, just recite like going over news or make it a little bit more, you know, laid back, chilling, talking shit with actual, you know, re- I do research uh, stats and stuff too. So I'm not just blowing smoke out of my ass. I like being as correct as possible, you know, within reason, I'll, I'll fire off some takes. Don't get me wrong, but we kind of want to make sure that at least the information that I'm giving out is mostly factual as close to factual as i can get like it won't be intentionally misleading or anything like that so i kind of want to make sure that i do still do all the news maybe we'll start adding some segments i want to do interviews obviously i want to also have some other people on doing it by yourself is you know not bad i can do it but it is tough especially i i work a lot got 
a few dogs, you know, definitely tired. I'm, I'm recording this at 10 o'clock at night, right before bed, before I got to wake up at five o'clock in the morning. So it's a little, you know, a little lower energy sometimes, a little taxing sometimes. So I'm looking to maybe see if I can have, you know, somebody else involved or a rotating cast of characters to talk to, maybe do interviews. I don't really have enough people listening yet to really ha- like convince people to hey you know come on my show I can spread your spread the word we got some we got a decent amount of listeners nothing that'll blow your socks off but you know if you got friends that you know like podcast or even if they don't they just like sports please do me a favor and just at least show them an episode or two let them listen or at least download it and like it or something you know you don't even gotta listen to it just pretend. Um, but yeah, just any feedback, I would love to hear from anybody that wants to talk. You can follow on Twitter at underscore one stop sports, interact there. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll post the updates for the show there, things like that. But, you know, just bear with me trying to still figure out how I want to do all this stuff. Definitely going to add some segments. Just got to figure out what, what I want to add where I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to copy off other people or anything like that. So I just kind of got to. You know, brainstorm a little bit find some time to set aside to do that so i appreciate everybody listening it's going to wrap it up for this episode uh we'll have another episode coming out on wednesday which we'll have a little bit more for uh, the world baseball classic you know it's probably going to be a couple of slow sports days coming up so we'll see what we can maybe we'll try out a segment or two we'll, we'll see if i can think of something or if anybody has any suggestions fire them off i'll love to hear from you guys all right appreciate you guys listening have a good day